welcome back. We missed you so much. We're back in the studio. I know it's been a long time. We thank you for your patience. Uh, we did put a post out on social media kind of talking about why we were MIA for a little bit. If you haven't seen that, that means you're not following us on social media. So <laughs> that means you better get on it. Pause it right now or stop this podcast and go follow us on Colombian Influence. Nice. We're on Twitter, Facebook. We have our website, Instagram. I mean, you can find us anywhere. TikTok. Yes. TikTok. And we got some good hilarious. shit on there. <laughs> so check us out. Definitely check us out. Anyway, welcome back. We are back with our book club series of The Primal Wound. Yes. So we are actually, just to show you guys, um, on part three of Primal Wound, which luckily is getting into the section about healing, which Woo! I don't know about you. But I we all need really, that. We all need that. <laughs> so we're going to be diving into that today, um, into the first chapter on the section about healing. Um, and this is something that I noted just right away being like, I think... Columbian influence, just like learning and exploring this is going to be really beneficial for us. Uh, so some of the things that they talk about just in this intro is just like addressing the first two sections being like, well, what do we do with this information? Mm -hmm. So that's going to be kind of translating to how they address everything and like what people are supposed to do, you know, as far as being adoptees or being part of that triad. Um, and also just what should be avoided, what should be done differently. Oh, good good brief yeah, on that one yeah that was so nice. it's there's i don't know you can read the intro obviously it's uh like about page two pages or so total um but that's kind of just the gist mm -hmm. about everything um as far as the actual first chapter we're going to be on chapter nine which is titled in the best interest of the child and the chapter is broken down into the following sections titled in the beginning the need for a conscious decision, the flip side of exploitation, time for a new approach, the need for adoptive parents, and children make a difference. So, uh, I guess let's dive in. Um, and just for new listeners, we kind of just pick out chapters or sections in this chapter that really like stick out to us right. that we want to focus on. We're not going through the whole book, obviously, kind of hence the book club. We're just giving our views on it, but... I think we had some right in the beginning. Well, and one thing I kind of wanted to address on page 111, actually, just yeah. in that first paragraph, is the quote, adoption should serve the children who need parents, not the childless couples who seek children. And I think that that's something that is, um, currently we're recording this during National Adoption Awareness Month. And that's something that mm -hmm. a lot of adoptees are trying to flip the script on, is just the fact that adoption is currently kind of skewed as far as the yes. intentions behind it and everything. So um, as far as the National Adoption Awareness Month, that's obviously something that people need to flip the script on. And I don't think a lot of people, or I don't want to say a lot of people, a lot of adoptive parents. Or even non-adoptees, yeah. Oh, yeah, especially. They don't really realize that because a lot of the time with let's say the conversation around abortion, mm -hmm. it's always just like, well, just to do, like, put up your child for adoption. It's like, mm, that shouldn't be an alternative and this shouldn't be the reason. Like, it's just, there's a lot to that conversation, which I don't really and feel I like think this chapter, right now, but. <laughs> yeah, but I think this chapter is perfect for the National Adoption Awareness Month. Because Absolutely. it goes directly into a lot of things that we'll obviously touch base on, but kind of how it's a business. And that's what we do not exactly. want it to be. Exactly. 
Well, then let's dive into that. Um, obviously, I went over that quote just on page 111. Uh, mm-hmm. Moving on to page 112. Let's see. Did you have anything? I think um, there's a big section in there, and I just put down it so hard for all parties because I think a lot of the times, and what our podcast is mainly for is adoptees, adult adoptees, because yep. we're forgotten. Adoption is a lifelong process, and that is something we will have for the rest of our lives and continue to heal from and work through, but it does affect all parties that, of oh, the, the triad. triad. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So I, I just put that there. I don't really know in depth or there wasn't anything in depth on like what I underlined necessarily, okay. but just that it's a big deal for all parties. And I think that's really different for me because I really just focus on myself a lot. Sure. Yeah. And kind and of I, my own healing. And I think that that's understanding. The mm-hmm. one thing that on page 112, just kind of talking about the approach to adoption is talking about open adoption, which yes. I used to have a very different thought of, well, I guess I never really had a huge opinion about it. It was more so like, oh, that's an interesting take. I wonder if that would be more beneficial. Yes. But, right? Thank but you now I'm yeah. kind of like, I think, like uh, they say at the top of page 112 that despite the advantages, many problems within the system are beginning to surface which i think it's just there's a lot of cases where it's open to begin with Mm -hmm. and then closes which i think would probably be more scarring yes than i wrote is it beneficial yeah i did i just wrote like open that becomes closed Mm -hmm. just you know also just on that page saying like this should have a calming effect on the birth mother during her pregnancy which is understandable but then that also adds like a lot of this chapter discusses the fact that like that would then have an effect on, like, the relationship often that the birth mother has with the adoptive mm. parents skews everything. Yes. And part of what we discussed on <clears throat> the bottom of page 112 is talking about the... Um, the ritual. Yeah. The thing I that feels like when we this. say ritual, they say ceremony, but it's like, yeah. you know, birth mothers and adoptees sometimes do... Well, I guess they do say ritual. Say ritual ceremony that make the two sets of parents feel better at the time, although one glance at the birth mother's face usually reveals more agony than peace for her. Um, and it says, like, this ritual is, like, technically handing over the baby to... Like, with candles and soft-spoken words to the adoptive parents. Which feels so weird. Like That feels just, yeah. I know you and I both felt really icky really mm-hmm. reading that and just being like, ooh, this is weird. And they even say in the book, they've described these rituals as sick, inhuman, grotesque, gross, mm-hmm. human sacrifice, and ritual sacrifice. And it's intended to be good, but I don't know. I haven't met really any adoptees who would think, think that I'd would have, be like... I don't know that I actually know anybody in an open adoption. Like... I'm not sure that that's something that I'm aware of, personally. I do, but I don't know him to, like, a, a deep enough level where I can, like, understand, like, how does that's it make you point. feel, things like that. I think I have where it's, the adoption is maybe between friends, family, stuff like that, mm-hmm. but it's never been these situations where it's and a even, person you know. Mm-hmm. Like, on, I feel like that's the kind of thing that they address in shows. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if, you know, from the show way back when Friends, you know, that was one that Monica and Chandler, like, couldn't conceive, and then they went to adoption, which now is, like, ooh, problematic. Anna Ferris plays the actress that is the birth mother, and they have this relationship. And looking back on it now, it's, like, it's really weird because I feel like reading this especially, it's, like, uh, going into the second section, Mm -hmm. I believe, um, the need for a conscious decision 
it says right at the top, like, many birth mothers are in almost total denial about giving up their babies and how that's going to affect them. I put that underlined, too. I believe that. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it's, first of all, especially in an open adoption, you're just and kind of just like, like, oh, be involved. Oh. Like, what does that really mean? Yeah, and it just, like, almost breaks my heart because it's like, wow, I've said this before in past episodes, kind of with the birth mom, but, like, they're an adult, too, so they understand all of these different decisions that they're making at that time. It's just the feelings have to be so prominent, like, with what they're going through and then after. Like, I just couldn't even imagine. So that just kind, of, kind of breaks my heart for, like, all of the things and traumas they're going through that I've never even thought of. Yeah, exactly. And I think part of that, I guess just kind of going back to the open adoption thing, I'm not sure why I'm so stuck on that. But right now it's just, like, thinking about that, I'm like the way that those sometimes turn from open to closed, I feel like generally based on hearsay with stuff, it's usually the adoptive parents' choice mm-hmm. to do that, to close it. Yeah. No, I, I mean... I would think so. Even if it was if it was in a circumstance based on the fact that maybe the birth mother is not fit and is, you know, showing a negative either example or, you know, is having certain issues mm-hmm. that are affecting her ability to be involved that I think would still be the choice of the adoptive parents, I mm-hmm. would imagine. And that I think would be both incredibly scarring, mm-hmm. probably more so than if you started with closed. Right. And I we, think it would be more, you know, scarring for both birth mother and for the child. Sure. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And we've actually had someone we've interviewed early on in our podcast mm-hmm. um, who was a old coworker who was adopted through family. Yep. So, you know, like, things like that, you know the whole time, too. And there's still those traumas, there's still those unknowns and healings that you have to go through. So I think no matter mm-hmm. the, like, decision or type, closed or open, it's all different types of healing and trauma that each adoptee goes through. And I think that's just very interesting to see all different sides of it and how, in a sense, we all kind of come together with the same type of what-ifs and questions that come into play. Right. Right. I I totally agree. I think the only other thing I want to mention there mm-hmm. is just that um, talking more openly like adoptive parents or hopeful adoptive parents is being very honest about the reason they want to adopt. Yeah. And saying like, you know what, if it is literally just your, you know, yearning for wanting to have a child, mm-hmm. admit that, you know, instead of like talking about how, what do they say? Um, altruistic hocus pocus about rescuing a child from unknown terrible fate like mm. that's not something to BS and don't like, be that oh, don't be that rescuer yeah, you know that's for the child's well-being well like are you really thinking about all of the detailed yeah. like traumas and it's things that are going to come with about. it yeah exactly exactly Okay, so then let's see. Going to page <clears throat> 114, we're talking about the flip side of exploitation. Yes. What did you have or what did what stuck out to you? Did you have anything in this? I did. Session? I just had that like some birth mothers seem more willing to give their child to the highest bidder in terms of money yeah. and perks than they do what might be best for the child. And I was just like, that's so sad because that does happen. And like, thankfully for me, like, I don't think that's what happened. Like, I guess I don't really know because I know a lot of orphanages and different agencies and attorneys, especially. I think that happens a lot with attorneys, Mm -hmm. attorney agencies. Like, they always do the best for them. But, like, what's best for the child? No one ever really thinks about what's what effects is this going to have on the child. So that really stuck out to me in that section. Completely just, you know, 
biased on what's going to benefit them for short term and not the baby. Which makes me question, I mean, can we blame them? No. Like, that's Especially where I'm if at. Especially in poverty, you know? Like, yeah. All of those things. And, like, maybe homeless or anything. Like, any type of money. Exactly. Like, I just... Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. The... I mean, I guess this kind of connects. I just... Did you have, I guess, before I move on... Um, that's kind of all I had there, but I just want to shout out Kate again because she also talked about this in depth. We bring up Kate in a lot of episodes, but she had it was so raw and real. Yes, and it's such an eye-opening interview with us, and she's been such a great supporter. Shout out to you, Kate! But she had great, like, adoptive parent side of this, and how this is exactly what happened. Exactly, and I mean that was in Haiti, but it's also like that. Given the system in America, it's like. That happens, yeah, you know, all like over. in mm-hmm. the next section, I guess just <laughs> linking this it, in, um, the next section is time for a new approach. Mm-hmm. And this kind of discusses the fact that there needs to be a different approach in the business of adoption, which ugh, I hate that it's there's anything that could be worded that way that bothers me. Um, but just kind of seeing that there should be uh, they should restructure everything. It should be nonprofit agencies providing adequate pre- and post-adoption counseling for both the birth and mm. adoptive parents. Uh, it would assure an impartial setting for adoptions. And I just, again, kind of going back to the whole, like, abortion thing, it's just, like, there should be an entity that exists that allows any type of choice to be welcomed mm-hmm. with the resources to do so. It's, like, because there are a lot of places that put pressure on no, keep your baby because you're a sinner if you don't. And then this kind of thing happens. And, yeah. and that can, I don't know. I just like, I can't get over the fact that it's like, I don't think that adoption should be the alternative to abortion. Right. You know, I don't believe that that's something that is a healthy thought process same within the way it kind of for some reason ties me into the fact that like a child up for adoption should not be for a parent to fulfill their wishes it should be based on this child needing a home those two together i'm just like and that was the first page right yeah yeah exactly and i just with going right back to that i was just like i'm not sure how i feel about that because it's like it said adopt Adoption should serve the child or the children who need parents, not the childless couple who's seeking children. I was just like, I which don't... is confusing because yeah. it's almost like, wait, why does it not do both? But it goes back to when you and I have seen certain things we've used to follow on Instagram that were like essentially ads for parents being like, we want a baby. And it's like, right. How gross is that when you think about mm-hmm. it? Like, that's icky like and i don't like it and again just being open and honest on why you want a baby like is it infertility are you healing from these traumas because like i think this really is really good with the pre and post pre and post adoption counseling for birth parents and adoptive parents i think that would be so so beneficial for everyone well and especially i feel like the birth mother who's especially abandoned i mean they're abandoned in the way that they don't have any of those mm-hmm. things that correlated with what happened. Like, they don't have the child. They don't have the adoptive parents. Yes. Unless, again, it's open at the time. But, like, and the child obviously was abandoned in a certain sense. But, like, in this case, it's, like, 
How mm-hmm. are those things not supposed to be... I don't know. I guess to be blatant, how is this supposed to be less traumatizing than having an abortion? Yeah. Ooh. But I don't, you know, that's... They're they're both lifelong. They're both huge, huge decisions. Mm -hmm. And again, that's why it breaks my heart because my birth mom has had the secret for her, her entire... Like oh, or my right. entire life. So what? Oh 20, my gosh! I what, forgot that eighteen that years. Yeah. And then here I am wanting to be a part of your life and mm-hmm. get to know you and my family and my brother. And he had no idea about me. That's so wild. having to break that to him, to his father, you know, like all of these different parts of moving of it. Like I couldn't imagine just having that deep of a secret. Oh my gosh! I and like not nope. knowing what's going to happen with it either. Because she's not going to seek out me. I don't think she ever would. I don't. I, and I don't yeah, think it's I mean, that I don't know easy how often to do that, so. I don't know how often that happens in comparison to adoptees doing that. Inter- I've never thought about that either. I haven't ah, really. Ah, yeah. Imagine her <laughs> reaching out to me like, hey, I'm your mom. Like, get out of here. And I think that that's what's so interesting, I guess, going on a tangent, whatever. Like with adoptees, we have so much out of our control. And then when adoptees finally make that decision to do so, Mm. that is the thing that's in their control. That would... (laughs) That would... I would, like, go off the grid. If that happened to me, if my birth mother... ah, Like... Ah, just you have to it, be, like, I will die. Yes, and I've said this time and time again in our podcast, like, you have to be mentally and physically ready for all of those different what-ifs that are going to come and everything that's going to come with it. Like, oh, oh my God. gosh, Can I could not even imagine. Real quick, do a shout-out to you for doing it at 18. I just, I, I can't, can't believe, believe I did you that. Oh, I'm just like, I can't believe you I could know. do that. Like, I was a I mess know. at 18. I'm a mess at 29. Like, <laughs> That's why I just had to rip the bandit off. Like, I'm not going to get any better. Woo. But I'm it, just like, I peeked under the bandit. I'm like, nope, yeah. we're not healed yet. It's, we're think, not good. This I think it definitely helped, wound. It helped not great. me heal, but whew, was it a lot? Like, looking oh, back at God. 18 compared to now, like, woo. That, is, that was a lot. Wow. Anyway. Back to the book. On, back to the book. <laughs> we went on a bit of a tangent. Whatever. Kind of on our opinions, but it's fine. Um... Let's see. So there was, I guess, one thing I also just wanted to mention, yeah. just for any adoptive parents or hopefuls, especially that are listening, uh, at the end of the section, time for a new approach. I think that section is just really important for hopeful adoptive, hopeful adoptive parents to read, because even if the agencies and the like organizations that run the baby business. Sorry, I'm just going to call it that. It just is. Yeah. Um, If that's not going to change immediately, adoptive parents need to take these things into consideration with how they control it. Because in that triad of this happening, they're the ones with the control and the money. Right. Yes, it's the agency, but... Once they have the most control out of the triad. Yeah, once you have the baby, that's all on you. Well, even before then... To a certain degree, like if you sure. wanted to make something happen and you're shelling out a bunch of money to this agency, you got some power. The birth mother and the child has negative like mm-hmm. power. So one thing mm-hmm. I want to mention at the bottom of that page, 115, um, it's just stated, it is my opinion that the birth mother needs to have some alone time with her baby, whether it's to welcome him into the world or to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. If both sets of parents then want to have some kind of ceremony, that's fine. 
<clears throat> so as long as everyone remembers that it is for them. It's not going to diminish the trauma of loss the baby will suffer as a result of the separation from his biological mother. It will not prevent the primal wound. Mm. And that's where we kind of get into the rest of this entire, I don't know, part three, just with the healing. Yeah. There's a lot more about that coming up, but this is really just important to just realize and just be like, hey, the birth mother deser deserves at least this much. Absolutely. So just wanted to make mention of that. Um, the next section is going into the need for adoptive parents. And, and one more thing on that, like, the birth mother shouldn't necessarily be, sh like, shamed or, like, looked down upon because they're making this decision for their child. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I don't know why it just stuck out when you read that, but it's just, like, that happens all of the time. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which is sad, like, like Bob, thinking like, about, I mean, heck? I feel like us as adoptees <sighs> now, we're like, you know, we see the life we would have had. We see the life that we mm -hmm. have now. I'm always just saying, like, can you blame them? Like, for yeah. literally everything with all of this is just, like... And you I, know me. I see... I try to f see both sides, and I try to, like, oh, good side, bad side. Like, I try to see good sides in everybody and kind of what they've gone through. So that's another eye-opening moment for me where I was just like, wow. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Goodness. Absolutely. The next one I had was children make a difference did you have anything before then um i had a little bit of something just in the need for adoptive parents okay. was just talking about like figuring out um you know figuring out if they have abandonment issues which obviously is like different mm. scenarios if you have mm -hmm. that kind of thing you need to figure that out because i feel like raising them a child with an adopt or with a um abandonment issue or trauma i feel like that's a certain thing that could perpetuate each mm -hmm. other personally just and based on like the fact that any friends that i've had with abandonment issues it's like we start talking about it and it's like yeah no you're right you get this and it's yeah. just like it doesn't really ever get to a healthy conclusion it's kind of just you know just snowballing mm -hmm. so it's like that being raised by a parent with that kind of thing would be i think a problem again just kind of spitballing here and I don't, uh, yeah and a lot I don't of know parents that from a scientific for factor, sure but, <laughs> Most you know. of our facts are just based on what we think right. and feel. Exactly. But also the infertility. I think that's a lot of, say, yeah. a lot of times of why people want to adopt because it's like a second option. I hate that, but mm -hmm. that's kind of what people's... Where we're at, I guess. Yeah. So I think having to heal and come over, you know... Yep. What am I trying to say? Like um, overcome that. Like mm -hmm. understand that's what happened and kind of heal from that also before... You start to do the adoption process. It's Mostly huge. because of, I think, the expectations you would have yes. for this child. Because it's like, this is not at all the same of you conceiving yes. this child. And it being your and your partner's DNA. Mm -hmm. You need to figure that out mm -hmm. and realize that before it becomes a resentful thing that you're going to harp on with your mm. child and make their abandonment worse. Thank you. Yes, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that kind of concludes that section. The next section being the children make a difference. I want to hear what you have to say I about had stuff that. at the end of it. So I think you have stuff at the beginning of it. Um, mm -hmm. But mine were more just before a couple makes a decision, kind of the same thing of the previous section, the decisions mm -hmm. to share their lives with the child, whether it's biologically or adopted, they need to ask themselves if they're willing to put the child's welfare first. It's a quote I had to. And yep. children come into the world so tiny and helpless and dependent on these adults and 
your parents and just like an adolescent. So we owe it to them to do what's best in their interest. And I think that's overlooked so, so much on adoption that like, luckily, like our success stories have been very, you know, like successful. Like they've just been really Uplifting and promising. Yes, but not everyone. hold up. No. They're good with where we're at with what we've done, especially since we started Mm. the podcast. But like- it has I a, was a mess. Like, yeah, it's I been so a mess. Super, to a super challenging. Absolutely. It's just like ah, because like but, obviously we never want to just paint this beautiful picture. Right, right. But, but imagine challenging on top of challenge on top of challenge of maybe let's say despite all that we have overcome. Yes, a lot, I think is yeah. I'm assuming what you're trying to say. Exactly. Correct me if I'm wrong. But. Yeah, exactly. And it's just more you know if you. I don't even know where I was going with that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say this. <laughs> you probably made a really good thought, and now we've lost it forever. No, that's fine. fine. Um, <laughs> but mostly just do what's in their best interest, because I think that's overlooked a lot. And even if we've had a good good going with you know supportive and helpful parents, we've still had all those traumas and challenges. And I think, like what you said, a lot of people don't have that. And I think that's where mm-hmm. I just feel very thankful because I couldn't imagine having that on top of everything else. Yeah. I think the only last thing I want to mention yeah. in this section is blatantly adopted children take more patience and understanding than biological children for the reasons that they've outlined. That's kind of what they just kind of ended mm-hmm. with uh, in that particular paragraph. Like, you don't have to pretend that it's not a challenge. It's more harmful to pretend that it's not. <laughs> right. And I think... If you don't think that, you like, if there are certain emotional things that you've ignored in your own life and swept under the rug and you've not sought out therapy for it or something, or realize that you as someone, first of all, have faults, but also could benefit from therapy, mm-hmm. don't, don't even dare, like, <laughs> dip your toe into this. It's not for you. Right. Like, I, you know, as much as I hate the fact that there are children in foster care that don't have a home, I'm like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want the complications that adoptees have going into a home that isn't healthy or emotionally well enough to even get us like to Mm. points like us where it's Mm -hmm. like we had some messy times yeah but we still we we've survived we've gotten through it we've done a lot of work on it i can't imagine being the kind of person that's in a home that's either abusive or emotionally neglectful or anything like that exactly where i was getting with my point before like completely <laughs> that you yeah completely agree on that yeah, yeah i think that that is just the most important to remember and i think that just with the approach that millennials are having as far as uh, children mm-hmm. for instance a lot more mm-hmm. are not wanting to have children myself included but also a lot more of them are like, you know, if I'm going to raise a kid, I want to think about the greater good more. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really good approach. It's just the fact that like they need, to, and I, I guess millennials are also approaching mental health in a different way anyway, which is great. So yes. it's like, okay, you've probably done your work and probably been in therapy. So great candidate. Right. But it's also just people need to realize this is going to be a challenge and as an adoptee, I'm not ashamed to say that, mm-hmm. you know. So. 100%. Okay, so I guess we're at the end of the chapter. Overall, like, how did that make you feel? Uh, what I mean, are your thoughts? Yeah. I mostly just felt like I felt a lot of empathy for the birth mother, um, just kind of in general, as well as just the fact that 
they really get the short end of the stick, mm-hmm. like in a really crappy way. Yeah. Um, again, just kind of going back to like, what choice do they have besides right. like the part where we talk about giving to the highest bidder, where like an adoption or adoptive parents are providing this, this, and this to mm-hmm. get that child. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I don't like it. So I guess overall, this chapter made me feel kind of icky. But yeah, but also I kind of agree. <laughs> right? It's yeah. just like I'm like ew. Don't love it. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I, I don't know. It just I kind know. of reaffirmed the stuff that we didn't necessarily, like, pinpoint at the very beginning mm-hmm. of the podcast. And now that we're two years in, it's like, these are the kinds of things that I'm realizing are so important for us to talk about and for people to realize outside of it. And so common. I think that's what really stuck out to me mm-hmm. is, like, I've heard it's a business. I've seen like here and there but like that's not how our story that's went not, exactly it's and not so, like, our first-hand experience yes so it's so, really hard to see that exactly reading it and also being in the adoption community like i've it's so different now yes i've seen other people's stories and heard other Ooh. people's stories that are so so hard and so heartbreaking and i think it just makes me think about how like unfair it really is and how yeah neglected the child is already from birth mm-hmm. on a lot of different cases. So it just makes me take a step back and just kind of also feel horrible for the birth mom because she's gone through so much. Yeah. But of course, this section is about healing. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go over into that. Um, as far as discussing this chapter, uh, I, got, I guess as far as like the questions that we were talking about, mm-hmm. um, First question being, as an adoptee, how does it make you feel that birth mothers are in almost total denial about how giving up their babies is going to affect them? Mm. My follow-up question to that also is, like, do you think that this is the same domestic international closed open? Completely different. I think it's completely different because all situations are different. Like, open... I don't know. I, I think they'd be more in denial in an open. Yeah, because like you're they still having that connection. Be, you exactly. might you might still get them back. You might mm-hmm. you know you still have all of this and that. International clothes, like it's a hard they probably like have you faced a lot. And yeah, just figured like I mean because I think we were both relinquished within a couple days. Mm-hmm. I mean yours was a little bit different as far as you know. I don't really know. <laughs> and who really knows? You yeah. know what I'm saying. And kind of going back to what I was saying about my birth mom like that's a secret she's kept for so that's long wild. like that's so heavy on I've your heart I've had some good girlfriends at least that were like I the ones so. that knew because, because those would had, be the ones that I would trust yeah, with that information if it had to be right? secret hands down and she didn't have a family at all like her fan, family abandoned her so it's like woo abandonment after a double abandonment after. here we go you know so I think um, I think it's common that they feel denial and I, does that make you feel a certain way about as being an adoptee? Like, does it mm-hmm. like is there any sadness, anger, resentment, anything like that where you're like, well, you knew what you were doing? Because I feel like that could be one of the direct ways to go with it. Interesting question. I would say no. I've Do you never, think that would have been never, different a couple of years ago? No. I think I was never like mad about that part. It was more just like, why? Why, mm. why, why was my my question that's interesting see i never questioned why yeah i was like "Eh, i get it like that's the one thing that Mm -hmm. i get but it's more so i guess not necessarily that i feel this way but it's like how do you feel that the birth mothers birth mothers are in almost total denial it's like that sucks because it's (laughs) like well 
this is a huge decision mm-hmm. that you made. Why do you not understand the consequences of it? Ooh. However, mm-hmm. based on my age now, and the fact that we're closer to our birth mothers in age mm-hmm. at that time. Zooming on that. Freak out for a second. Um, I guess it's like, especially in our birth mother's positions in a third world country, like Mm -hmm. being on our own. Like, I don't know. That's just a complicated thing. It's like, again, doesn't surprise me. Can't blame them. Right. But I can see that being something that could be really complicated for adoptees being like, you made this decision. Why are you in denial of Mm -hmm. it? But yeah. it's also because the resources Never aren't given that. to get them to talk yes. through it. So, and like, I think that's the that's biggest thing. Yep. And yep. and maybe it would be different if it was um, in the states because we know those resources exist. Exactly. Especially, especially now. Not that they're really available to people that are in poverty, but <sighs> that's, that's another, another, that's another topic issue. for another day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but overall, Not I just accessible. I didn't feel but. like super bad about it because I just know like that was your that was your choice. I understand it. It was more just why, why, why. Mm-hmm. And then you didn't get the support or help you needed. And like you did as best as you could. And they're the they are the ones that then have to suffer with that mm-hmm. alone afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it's like literally all alone. Yeah. Oh God. That, mm. <laughs> well, after that <laughs> deep one. <laughs> let me go to the, the next second one question. is just as bad. <laughs> So this one was kind of um, off of page 12. Have other adoptees... What did I say? 12. <laughs> oh, gosh. Back to page 12. We're talking about the trauma now. No, it's we're... back to page We are chapter healing, one. ma'am. You're right. We're Sorry. healing now. We are healing. Okay. 112, excuse me. How... Or no. Have other adoptees heard of the ritual or ceremony of handing over the baby? If yes, how does this make you feel? And... Have any of our listeners experienced that firsthand? I would be so interested. To hear so this. interested to hear that. I've actually looked up some on YouTube, like just kind of curious. Like, oh my God. is this actually a thing? I've never heard of that. <gasps> I think I feel gross by that. I just I don't think I'm like a prize. Like I, you don't hand me over like oh, a trophy. Oh God, ew. Yeah, like I feel like I'm an award. Like here you go. Here's this sweet little baby. Like no, don't don't you dare. I don't like that. Yeah, it makes me feel gross inside, and I obviously have not. <laughs> Had that firsthand. The only... But before you say anything, I just wanted to say also that when I was um, in Colombia, where my parents were there to get me, essentially, Mm -hmm. I was brought down from the staircase. Oh! Oh! And, like, handed over. I, like, just had that, like... What? Okay, I never thought of that. But, like, I don't think that's a ritual. No. A ceremony. I mean, like it's not like a ceremony. It's just, like, what process. they do. I would like to simplify it. But, or, like... I don't like that, though. Casualize it with... The, I don't like process, either. It reminds me of work. Um, <laughs> but I don't like either of it, because I technically was handed over as a baby. Yuck. But, I mean, that's how disgusting. else would you, how I know. Would you do it, though? Make... Hey, my, it's over there. <laughs> <laughs> Go pick it. Crib three, please. <laughs> Here's your number. Take a number. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I am making this worse. I'm so I just, sorry. I don't know if there's a right way, but, like, I never had a full ceremony, but thinking back to it, like, that kind of did happen. Huh. Because we had the same... Oh. Hmm. So what I, were you going to say? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember. Okay. The one thing, the only thing I can think of... Did you ever watch Teen Mom? 
Yeah, I loved that show. Okay, do so you remember Caitlin and Tyler? Yeah. They are the ones that... Are they still going strong? I think so. They have multiple children Yeah, now. they do. But, mm. well, they were at an open adoption with Carly and... Saw that. Carly, and now it's closed, yeah. I think. I'm pretty sure it's closed. Really? Or it's open. They never see her ever. But anyway, so I remember... so confusing. I know. We need some... Poor thing. We should do a binge watch of that. And we should reach out to her. <laughs> Okay. Um, but no, I remember watching that. I'm pretty sure I watched it in my, like, my freshman dorm of college, and I was like severely emotionally unhinged at that time. So take this with a grain of salt. But I remember watching the episode where she and Tyler like literally hand their child over mm-hmm. to these parents, and I sobbed mm. for hours and i was just like this is heartbreaking just I because think i sobbed too just because like i couldn't imagine doing that oh i know and I she think- held her baby for a while and kind of like debated the situation well, I, mean, they I think had a freaking show about her being pregnant with this that like too. with a guy you know it wasn't like it was just yeah. a one and done kind of situation it was like her long-term boyfriend which i don't know as a teenager whatever but at the same time it's like at that time they had made the decision together mm-hmm. Because they were from a bad situation. They're like, we should do this. Gosh. And they did it. And I just remember watching that and being like, and that's probably, again, the closest to a ritual or ceremony that I've, quote unquote, witnessed or whatever, mm-hmm. just because I haven't looked that up on YouTube. You're brave. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this cannot be real. But then like, oh, and they're on YouTube? I know. And Who would be like, and then it made me disgusted like, oh. that like, it kind of happened with us. I can't, I can't get over that now that I thought about that. I am just going to try to glaze over it and not think about it ever again. <laughs> but we'd love to hear your opinions on those questions. <laughs> and we will definitely post those on our Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Because other than that, I have no more things on this chapter. <laughs> I know. This one, again, getting right into the healing. Yeah. Um, hope it works. Uh <laughs> let us know. Let us know. Um, yeah, just like let us know with those discussion questions if these types of things make you feel any type of way um, from whatever part of the triad. We're always interested to know. And as always, just to check it out, Primal Wound, uh, Nancy Newton Barrier. You can find it on our bookshop, um, which you can find on ColumbianInfluence.com. And then, of course, follow, like, subscribe, rate, review, all what the above. Else? Send us messages of your stories, um, things that we can talk about, because season three is coming out soon for us, which is going to be more based on us and our stories again. More one-on-one conversations. absolutely. We're excited to get back just kind of us going back to season one of how we started off. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't believe we're starting season three. I know. So thank you for all your support and love. We appreciate you guys all so much. Until next time. Later. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I can do that too.